0: Was the night before hockey, and all through Baxter Rink, not a creature was mooing, not even a maverick. Clear plastic stockings were hung by the lockers with care, in hopes that a victory soon would be theirs. The players were resting, all snug in their rooms, dreaming of scoring and butt-ending goons.
1: And Jason and I, sitting in front of his Mac, had just sat down to record a podcast recap, when on social media there arose such a Twitter. We pulled out our phones to see why fans were so bitter. Away to the app, we clicked in a dash, scrolled through the timeline, ready to bash. Dozens of comments. My mind starts to fade. So many fans are throwing out shade.
0: When what to my scrolling thumb did click? But Mike Gabinet and six players with sticks. With a power play and a forecheck so fluid and quick, I knew in a moment these were our long lost Mavericks. More practice than St. Cloud, these skaters they came, and whistled and hollered and called them by name. Now Mason, now Freddie, now Evan, now Tyler, on Stephen, on Riley, on Timu and Tristan. To the top of the circle, to the offensive zone, now skate away, skate away, put that puck home.
1: As passes are made before the hockey puck flies, when they get to the blue line and toss aside guys, so up to the net front our forwards they flew, with a line full of scores and or too. And then, out on Twitter, I saw in a thread, the math fans all saying, these guys are not dead. As I looked to the ice and was searching for clues, on the bench Gab stood saying, we're not going to lose. He was dressed in a suit from his head to his foot, and his pockets were all filled with kale and turnip root. A bundle of pucks he had hung on his back, and he looked like a salesman from the long-dormant stick shack.
0: His eyes, how they sparkled, his scowl so intense. Removing Dean Blace now made complete and total sense. Gabs barked out orders like a crafty old pro and did everything in his power to make our Mavs go. A wink of his eye and a nod of his head left fans soon to know there were good things ahead. The refs skated in and blew on their whistles. Gabs jumped off the bench like a laser-guided missile. We heard him exclaim as he walked off the ice, Merry Christmas, Mav fans! We're still in this fight. Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another special Christmas edition of the Puck cast with Jason.
1: And John.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that little uh, segment that we did, a nice thing that John put
1: together. Why, thank you very much. I wrote that yesterday afternoon in the basement, total quiet. Got it done, and I got it done in like about a half an hour, so that was fun to do. I'm
0: impressed. It went from a, a, a random comment and a message string to, hey, look
1: what we got. That was, that was your idea for sure. So yeah, it turned out really nice.
0: So a different way to start off the podcast, but we should probably get back to what we consider our norm and what are we drinking, and uh, you've got something really special, I guess. Huh? Yeah,
1: I picked this up at Ikea when we were in St. Cloud a couple weeks ago for that series, this is the Ikea Swedish festive drink. It's called Vinter Saga. And the bottle looks like it could either be a festive drink or something to polish your Ikea furniture with. <laughs> and, um, and
0: from what I hear you say, it tastes a little bit like what you polish furniture oh, with. Oh, yeah.
1: When I opened this up in your kitchen, it. when we were kids, we would sometimes get prescription cough syrup in those brown glass bottles that you'd have to keep refrigerated. Right. And the stuff would just taste like this whole... Horrible, bitter, cherry-ish concoction. And that's what this tastes... I mean, this tastes like cough syrup. So I don't know, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to... We're going to go back and we're going to see if we can get the jinx to work again. So I went out and did some running around and asking around and found Alaskan Breweries White Ale.
1: Oh, nicely done. So I
0: figured since the Johnny Walker White worked against... uh, uh, Arizona State. We're gonna hope that the Alaskan white works against uh, Anchorage. This yeah, weekend.
1: it's got a nice, uh, nice polar bear on there too, it, so it's, it it yes. looks authentic. Polar bear. Yeah,
0: I'm holding it up to the microphone, like the people could see it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, look at it. It's where we need our video show. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> baby steps here. Baby That's right,
1: steps. baby. Yeah, we don't. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, what, what now? We got through that. What What should we start with? I think we should talk about. Our little uh, recruiting trip, right?
1: Yeah, we took a recruiting trip. We <laughs> all of like
0: <laughs> all the way two down to, to all Ralston. the way down to
1: Ralston, Nebraska, to watch the Omaha Lancers play the Muskegon Lumberjacks. And the reason you and I were interested in going, among other, among the fact that it was a week off from UNO hockey, and we had and the it's time hockey, this, and I'll yeah. go watch any. Yeah, we'll go hockey, watch any so. hockey. Absolutely, <laughs> it was an opportunity to see really three main recruits coming within the next couple seasons three
0: that have signed and then yeah one that was a verbal commit i don't
1: right? i don't think mcdonald i don't think oliver mcdonald from muskegon has signed yet i think oh. he's just a verbal i'm not okay. i'm not altogether sure that he's coming next year i think he's a 2020 uh 2021 recruit
0: well the muskegon website has him as a commit so oh do they
1: I mean, I knew so he we'll committed, see. but yeah, we'll see. I it doesn't sure. say
0: anything about what season. So maybe he's a, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he has a 2021, yeah, I think... but we at least we, we anticipate that we will see him yeah, in I the hope... near future.
1: Oh, I hope, yeah. I hope so we see all three of these guys. So we saw forward Nolan, three forwards from Muskegon, Nolan Sullivan, Brock Bremer, and Oliver McDonald. And then for the Lancers, we saw a guy who's a few years out. He's listed as a UNO commit named Cameron Berg. Right. And he's a forward, too. Yeah. So we saw all three of those guys. And you and I were impressed with the Muskegon players.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, particularly, uh, Sullivan was was the one that... there were a, There were a lot of things that he did that I was really... A Encouraged. Big, big by. strong
1: forward. He's the team's captain. Uh, the guy could win face offs. We yeah. saw a lot of face offs right in front of where we were sitting.
0: Yeah, you know, and it was interesting to me because they don't play on a line, but I had mentioned this to you uh when we watched him that the I guess their top oftentimes their first penalty kill unit was Sullivan and Bremer. And so that was interesting because Bremer doesn't have size. Like he's a little guy, he's a
1: little guy. He reminds
0: yeah, you're gonna say it, right? Alex
1: Ortega, Ortega uh-huh. Alex Nicaforic. He reminded me a lot of uh, a guy named Rich Perslow, who was here about ten years ago who had who had been kind of an assist king when he was with the Des Moines Buccaneers before mm-hmm. he came to UNO. He kind of reminds me of one of those kind of little crafty guys in the offensive zone that's going to put the puck where it needs to be for uh, a teammate to pop it in the net. So I liked I liked Brock Bremer a lot. Um, he wasn't one of those big, tall forwards that you automatically look at and say, "Oh, you yeah, know, he's going to be one of those NHL caliber guys." Right. He's a guy who could be really important for UNO over the course of the next three or four seasons.
0: He could provide some stability, especially if he can, you know, produce some scoring stability over, you know, three or four seasons and stuff. And that could be that could be really good for our Mavs.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Sullivan, I don't know. I I looked him up. I don't see anything that says that he's a recruit for an NHL team. He hasn't been drafted, so I'm nope. assuming that he'll be. We'll see when the, uh, I guess probably U.S. college, because he's a, yeah he's Eden Prairie. So when the USCO puts out their uh, their draft recruit things, or when the combine and stuff comes, I mean we'll see. Towards the end of the NHL season that's where we'll somebody to picks see him up. Where he might land yeah. and, and is he gonna go in a you know in a mid round or a late round. I don't think anyone that we saw is gonna be uh, first three rounders. I mean they're good players. I just I right. just don't see that level, that caliber of talent right now. Right. But you know, people always give me crap about saying things like that. I always point out that Gensel was a wasn't Gensel like a fourth or fifth round pick?
1: Yeah, I can't. I think the Pens took him in yep. fifth,
0: if I remember right. So I have to go back and look. But so just well, because I you're think, not drafted in the top round doesn't really mean a whole lot. And like
1: you said, Ortega wasn't drafted. Or
0: yeah, Ortega wasn't drafted. Yeah, sometimes,
1: sometimes those guys over the years have been, you know, are among our most productive players on the roster. So yeah, I don't. I it'll be interesting to see because obviously, you know, during the Dean Blaze years, we had a number of forwards who were kind of who who who's who of draft picks, and so. Right. Uh, we depended on those guys for a lot of our offensive production. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How I mean, we no one, no
0: one's going to bring in 31st round picks, right? Like, you're just not going to claim exactly. every one of them or anything like that from, from three years or anything. We're going to so hope that these
1: gonna... guys are guys like <clears throat> Scott Parse and Bill Thomas from, you know, back in the 06, 07 time timeframe when, yeah. you know, they were guys who could.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know that we really talked about this, but you know, one of the things to remember is that if the current coach of Michigan has the confidence to put Bremer and Sullivan out there on a penalty which is a very key situation. Yep. And the guys work together pretty well cuz they had some offensive chances on the penalty kill, which is always Absolutely, encouraging. Absolutely,
1: yep. Yeah, that team And they a... didn't
0: score a power play. Omaha didn't score a power play goal against them. Right. All weekend cuz I went to Friday and Saturday. And so, yeah, I mean, those guys are, they're, I, I think they they must have some chemistry between them. And so hopefully uh, maybe they'll gel well on a line together when they come in. And you can have, you know, like a freshman line on a you know, third line or something and get them some experience. And
1: Well, and here's the thing. That team, and I think you would agree with this, was a really good junior team, top to bottom. I mean, they were a strong team. And so you put those... Two players, well, three if you count Oliver McDonald on a different USHL team. They might be the you know top point producers. Yeah. On that roster, I mean, they're all three of those players are in the you know top ten. So.
0: So what do you think
1: specifically
0: about McDonald? Because we talked about Sullivan and Bremer and, and Bremer's size, but we didn't talk too much about you know McDonald and what we thought about his play.
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't, he wasn't, he, he didn't, you know, wasn't featured in the lineup the way the other two guys were. And so, uh, but he did have a nice goal off of a Bremer assist on the Friday night game that I was at, uh, down at Ralston arena. So I liked him. I thought he was a good, good looking player. I think he'll be good. I, I know he's you know, based on the biographical information I read on him, he's uh, very excited to come to UNO. That was a team that he wanted to play for. So, love to hear that. Yeah,
0: that's always a good sign that they really exactly. want to be here. That it wasn't like they were a second choice or something, right? So, and who knows? Maybe he's one of those. I've I've seen those players over the years that they score like. of their goals in one building or something, if, if Baxter could be his building, we would be, we'd be okay with that.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's always, it's always hard for me to tell, you know, the, the transition from the USHL to college isn't always a one-to-one correlation. Sometimes you'll get guys who were awesome in the USHL who come to college who aren't as productive. And then sometimes we get guys who are just kind of diamonds in the rough out of that league mm-hmm. who turn out to be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought he, he played tight games very well. And I think that could be very beneficial for, for UNO. Um He seemed to like the physicality. I think it's kind of odd that he scores his goal on Friday, but I would say that his Saturday game was better than his Friday game. Right. I don't know if he would say the same thing, if he felt like he played better on Saturday, even though uh, Muskegon ended up losing uh, to the Lancers Wasn't in that one overtime. to nothing?
1: I think you told me, wasn't that scoreless the whole game?
0: Scoreless the whole game, yeah. And that's the thing. The Muskegon goaltender, uh, I had read, You know, most people were thinking that he'd probably be the top goaltender in the USHL coming in. Uh, a lot because of you know the the team that's in front of him, and a lot because he's he's a talented player. And this
1: is the kid who's um, going to Western Michigan, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I can say <laughs> he's made some life choices that I question that one particular. Yeah, probably just that one. <laughs> but but he seems to play well, so maybe we can maybe we can convince him to to change his mind or something. I don't know.
1: And McDonald is listed by Elite Prospects as coming in uh, fall of twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Okay,
0: and that would make sense. He's a year younger than the other yeah, two. Yeah, so, so
1: we'll see how he does over the course of the next year, but I was number one, I was impressed with the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Yeah. They were a good looking junior they, organization. They
0: played a good system and I you know we we'd said going in before the game even started so one of the things to watch is, is what kind of system and, and what goals they have and, and how they play the game and stuff because right. when you get that many recruits coming from one team going to a college team, you start yep. to kind of question link is are they doing something System-wise, that wise, works well. and right. Noel
1: Bernier and uh, Paul Girard are trying to do at UN. Right.
0: So, in theory, it'll be an easier transition if you play a similar style and things like that. I know NHL clubs and stuff have recommended some of their draft picks and stuff will go there. And sometimes you'll see... Oh, it used to be back in the day when the North Stars were up in Minnesota. Uh, you'd see a number of kids going to Michigan and playing right. there. And it's just because the system was very similar right. to the two wing lock that the North stars are running. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, it's interesting to see how they play it's in, you know, and see, well, I wonder, you know, is that what Gavin's trying to do, you know, with our current team? And is that, you know, kind of his vision for the future? So don't know if it is, but it is a um, interesting insight.
1: Yeah. And, MAV assistant Dave Noel Bernier was with the Muskegon Lumberjacks back in 2010. He was an assistant coach and assistant general manager. So he was there for a few years. So obviously he has a connection yeah. uh, to that Muskegon uh, uh, franchise. So that's that'll be very cool. I, I'm excited to see these guys come in. I thought, like you, Nolan Sullivan was a solid presence on the ice. He looked like a guy who had leadership ability which is something Uh, this team's going to need going forward
0: yeah we talked about there was there was one point where they were getting set up for a face-off yep i think and i pointed out how he was going over to everyone on the ice you know talking to them like you go here you do this yeah i mean he just seemed to really kind of command what happens on there and that kind of leadership could be yeah really good for our man
1: i think he'll be a really important player going forward so yeah, I'm excited about these guys. We'll have to get out and watch some more of these recruits uh, in the next few months.
0: Yeah, as as the, they come in through the Lancers, we'll we'll keep, uh, keep an eye on the schedule and try to hit some more of those games. And it'll be a good thing to talk about on the podcast here is just when we get a chance to actually see some of these guys we know are planning on coming to Omaha. So
1: Yep, for sure.
0: So I think we talked about that. I think all we have left to talk about is our match for this weekend, right?
1: Yeah, our match for this weekend. And kind of, we can kind of assess where our team is at at this point.
0: Oh, yeah, we did want to talk about like the state of, it's like our state of, oh, yeah, our state of the team address.
1: State of the team address. <laughs> so, what do you think about us? I, I guess people consider the Christmas break here to be the end of the first half. I always. In my mind, I always break up the season, you know, before January 1st and then after, after January 1st, because January 1st is when kind of the meat of the conference schedule.
0: Yeah, for me, I'd break it after Anchorage just because you're kind of into the sled of NCHC games. Yep. So that seems to be that, more that's logical. Usually what what I do. That's usually
1: what I do. Yeah, uh,
0: I know the students, you know, they have a few weeks off and stuff. So that's right. kind of the the big break. I'd say I am not surprised by where we are. Unfortunately, I didn't, you know, I didn't think we would be, you know, great coming into the season. Right. I kind of hoped we'd be better than we are.
1: I I felt like we would be like a middle of the road kind of 500 type team. Yeah. And obviously we're below that at this stage of the season. And it'll be interesting to see if they're able to. You know, pull things together and get things going in the second half,
0: yeah, it's always it's difficult being in the league that we're in because the hardest part of our schedule really is ahead of us, even as difficult of a schedule as we knew you and o had coming in.
1: Well, you look at January, we go to Denver, right We have North Dakota at home, and then we go to Duluth, correct, yes. That is a tough stretch of games. Partly because UNO hasn't had a lot of success the last few seasons against Denver. Um <laughs> okay. Duluth is a an awfully good team. We split against Duluth at the end of last season right. up in Duluth. Um, I would say that North Dakota series is probably our our a big opportunity for us here at home. And so yeah. that'll that'll let us kind of know that the that you know three series three sequence January, those yeah. six those six uh, games that we play, that'll really let us know where the team is.
0: It's hard because there's only one home series in January, so right. you're playing on the road. Yep. But and it's North Dakota at home, which unfortunately we need we need our Maverick fans to to really turn out in droves because it's kind of annoying when it seems more like a North Dakota home game than it does a UNO home game
1: well they keep selling five dollar tickets in the upper bowl so it'll be interesting to see if uh they're doing that the weekend we play north dakota or not i i haven't heard one way or the other whether they sold out single game tickets for that so
0: i doubt it but we'll see
1: (laughs) you know there's a guy there's a guy in the map puck facebook group who is a north dakota guy who has UNO season tickets
0: yeah, there's a f- there's a few people I know that are North Dakota fans that are basically just uh they're Omaha fans in disguise until these these games. So Yeah. They're nice people, but I don't know. I don't like them for two weekends for for two weekends out of the year. That is a
1: bold move to buy season tickets for one series every year. Oh,
0: I'm sure they come to all the games. They like watching. It's kind of like North Dakota is my number one team, and UNO is my number two, so they enjoy coming to all the UNO games, but it's like when UNO plays North Dakota, it's always...
1: They're wearing their green and black Sioux stuff. I I do
0: always have a bit of a trouble, for me personally, just when Denver plays UNO, because... I grew up following Denver. That was that was my team for for so many years. Oh, you know, so. I
1: know we don't and that was Uno's first sweep. By the way, was against Denver <laughs> at the Civic Auditorium back in the fall of 1997. Why doesn't that surprise me? Oh, oh it was, it was, it was
0: 97? Well, that's why.
1: Yeah. Regardless, it was, yeah. it Regardless, it was
0: like everyone beat us that year. That that was awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was great. That was before they were this these like maroon and goldish colors. So
0: Yeah, it was before Quaz. Yeah.
1: yeah so. Absolutely. So well, that, that, that was really that was a great moment around. for me as a UNO fan watching them, you know, beat Denver, regardless of how down Denver was. But anyway, back to the back to the task <laughs> at hand. We're like meandering here. If the this you know, we kind of tie this into our state of the team talk here the series upcoming against Alaska Anchorage is really important. I mean, we would assume that this would be a series that they could sweep because Anchorage has won two games all season. Yeah. And And we've won four. Right. Now, I, I will say that this team has played... Anchorage has played their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games on the road. And during that stretch, they were at Northern Michigan, at North Dakota, at Minnesota State Mankato, and they were at Bemidji State. And they split against Bemidji State in that most recent series of...
0: Yeah, with a nice overtime goal.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough stretch for anybody.
0: But you also look at look at their November series at North Dakota. Right. And that's the thing that gets me with Alaska is I mean, if you go by the record, you think, oh, you know, you think we should be better. We're right. fairly evenly matched, but you would hope that UNO would find a way. But then you start looking at these things going, They're they're playing and they're competitive and they're not a pushover. This is not going to be a cakewalk of a weekend. I mean, they North Dakota won four three. On their last game, five two on their first game, so they they held their own, you know, with North Dakota, they didn't get completely walloped by Minnesota State. Right. Um, Friday night's game, I think, you know, part of it's just being being tired. Um, earlier in the season, they had a really bad loss to Cairo College, and then, and then bounced back the and night. beat them. Yeah. So I don't think this is a team that. Kind of like the Mavs. Like I don't know that their record really reflects how difficult of a team you know they are to play against. And they came into NCHC teams and held their own. Right. At least for a game. So. Yep. To get a sweep, I think means the the Mavs need to come out of their break and be committed to the system and you know be smart, play well. Uh, play a hard-fought game. Yeah, they need to bury be. Fi- their they need to be firing all, all cylinders, yeah. and
1: it's important for the team if they can to get a couple wins in this series. And I
0: think that's kind of the state. It did to go back to the state of the team. I think, you know, looking at the the outcomes and and the expectations and and what they need to do to put themselves in a position in the second half of the season, you have to you have to play smart. These these little mental mistakes and. And bad turnovers and things are just going to kill us, and we can't be right. doing that. You get an opportunity to score, you have to take advantage of it. You get right. a power play, you've you you know you've got to you've got to be a hundred percent when you have a two man advantage.
1: Yeah, and they've got to continue to they've just got to continue to have positive results. It's one of those things where we've seen uh, Maverick incarnations like this in the past, and you don't want it to be a situation where. You know they struggle against Anchorage, and then you get into January, and things are tough there, because at, at some point then your you know your record and then the points you get in the conference race, start to take their toll on team morale. And can mm-hmm. we claw our way back? And and at that point then you you start to wonder in February March does it become this sort of horrible self fulfilling prophecy where yeah. things? Well, and know, keep
0: in mind we had a we had a better team that basically went zero wins in the second half of the season and went from one of the top teams in the country to not making the Yeah, I remember that. The NCAA first season at Bax- so. Baxter.
1: Yeah, the 20- 2015-16 season, we were yeah. we they were rolling. We looked like we were going to rattle off a you know, 50 game winning streak at Baxter Arena at that point. Yeah. It looked like it was going to be great early on in the season and then the second half the
0: wheels came off.
1: Things just fell apart and so you never and- yeah, and the sad thing
0: that, like I said, the sad thing is, is I would say that was a better team. There was more talent on that team uh, than there is now, and I'm just so, pointing to
1: a guy like Jake Ginsel on that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There's uh, Cooper was on that team. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not sold that it doesn't become a train wreck if if they don't see some some positive results and i think that starts with this weekend i'm i'm hoping that that gab's has been talking to the team and that these guys are committed to it and saying look we're not out of this right as hard of a sled as we've had in the first half you can go into the second half and really gain some ground pretty quickly if you start you know sweeping denver you know splitting against duluth uh, stealing a win in Saint Cloud, right? Uh, against Saint Cloud, you know you can, you can, you can jump up the standings pretty, pretty quick. And yeah, then, right
1: now things are pretty tight yeah, in the conference standings. And, and
0: then the way college hockey is, a, a way a lot of college sports are, it oddly enough, the regular season kind of doesn't matter because every one of these teams is going to make the NCHC tournament. And if right. you can build yourself up to the point where you're playing your best hockey at the end of the season, you go into that tournament and you start surprising. You teams, can
1: make a run in those. It yeah. happens
0: every year. These bubble teams that get knocked out because they don't perform in a tournament or because some team performed better. And now you've got a, you know, exactly. We saw that number last season or yeah. something that, that yeah. wins our conference tournament. Exactly. It's like...
1: No, we we've, we saw that last season uh, to a certain extent in a hop hockey East, you know, so it'll be really interesting to see. It's it's one of those things where you you just don't know if the team is going to be able to consistently compete right, week in, week out once we hit that NCHC grind. Mm-hmm. And that's what we don't know yet because we haven't seen anything consistently yeah. in that regard. And so the Anchorage series, I think, is a really important opportunity for them to get a couple wins, six wins on the season at that point. You know, and then anything can happen in it's something to build January, off of going
0: yeah. into Denver and yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see when we haven't played. I mean, St. Cloud is the best team in the conference we played so far, and that was a that was a rough series. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting what we once we get the the rest of kind of the top tier yeah. teams in the conference.
0: But we seem to play better at Duluth than we do at St. Cloud, right? Not one hundred percent sure why, but it just seems like we do. Um, I'm still all for.
1: We had success against North Dakota last season.
0: Yes. In the second half. Part of that is I really I really like this theory of like pull the rabbit out of your hat kind of thing and you just like randomly put Alex Blankenberg in at North Dakota. Right. Because it's like he's a third string goaltender. Yeah. And then the other team's like, Oh, we're gonna light this guy up and then he pitches a shutout and you're like, Well, I think part of it too is is that his
1: teammates in front of him think, Oh, Oh, are they gonna light this guy up? And I think it changes the way that they play. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the challenge is, is you got these guys gotta play that way all the time. I don't care yeah. who your goaltender is you have to always be like that if you want to win this conference, you have to play like that no matter who's in net
1: well and that's the thing you just you never know if if I never know what's going on in the you know players minds um, as the season progresses. I know they've got a lot of things going on obviously besides hockey you've got class. Some of these guys are thinking about going and playing, you know, minor league hockey once the season's over. Mm-hmm. So that you always wonder how much that factors into their, you know, mindset in the second half of the yeah. season. And if the team isn't, you know, percolating and, you know, kind of chugging along,
0: yeah. But how will they do? It's we used to tell the kids when I coached that it's your your attitude is your responsibility, because I can I can do what I can to motivate you. I can try to get you to to see the light and commit to the system. But uh, ultimately it comes down to, are you willing to commit to this and put in the work uh, and have the right attitude? And, and I, I've heard cabinet preach it. I know that he's, he's big on that stuff, but he can preach to the cows come home and he's still just talking to effort. So, Oh
1: yeah. It's, it's the whole, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't, can't make, make it drink. drink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I know that they, they keep preaching it and the guys keep saying, you know, the team's starting to buy in, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. if everything kind of comes together, but we're facing an awful lot of good teams in this conference.
0: You know, I think the other part of that, too, is not just what this series means for the team, but what this series means for the fans, because I right. think that uh, a split probably means that your fans are basically packed in the season, and, and you're going to struggle to to sell tickets, and you're going to, you know, there's a lot of snowballs that kind of come from that. Sure. People buy less beer, whereas that's kind of where you really make your money, yeah. Uh, concessions and stuff, you know, things like that. That that's when you um, have
1: fewer people there, fewer yeah. people going to games. Those things definitely.
0: Affect. So it can kind of be a, a bit of a snowball rolling down the hill kind of thing. Sure, uh, and and
1: people, and, and then it affects yeah. season ticket renewals and new season ticket holders buying seats. So.
0: So there's a lot of those like fringe things that you don't really think about. You you kind of stay focused on you know what it means for the team and their record and do they make playoffs? Right. Or do they make tournaments? But
1: I and I and you and I tend to talk a lot about that because obviously right. we come at this from the fan perspective. So we're thinking about the greater you know kind of business aspects. Yeah. And marketing aspects of the team. It's harder to market a team that that struggles than a team that you know has just come up off come off a of Frozen right. Four appearance. You know
0: you know and the flip side of that is is that if the guys come out and and really feel like they're making headway in the right direction and and this is their chance to prove it to the fans and and prove to the fans that they're they're not out of this and they're willing to fight uh and and claw themselves back into to contention then you know we could see a a sweep that involves like Blowout win and you know solid play and get the fans engaged and excited and and...
1: a a team that the fans will really be able to rally around in the second half.
0: Yeah, so I think the majority of fans for any team don't want to come see their team lose. Right. I mean, there's people like you and us that... Yeah, we'll, know, be, we'll be, we'll be the, there no matter what. We'll be
1: at the arena regardless of how they do, but...
0: But I don't think that's the majority of the people that buy tickets.
1: No, there are an awful lot of casual fans. And I know right. a lot of casual fans who come it, to games. That's
0: okay. There's nothing... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I, I'm i fine with that. Not everyone can be, you know, crazy ridiculous, right? Right. But as a as a program in general, I think they need to be mindful of you know how do we keep the people that are over committed committed you have to
1: you have to come up with yeah you have to come up with ways to engage your fans and hook your fans besides just the win-loss tie totals at the end of the season because there are going to be seasons when they struggle and and this is a season where they've struggled next season may be a season where they struggle so it'll be very interesting from the business perspective how you keep fans engaged?
0: Yeah. I had a sports marketing class, and the professor said the easiest thing to market is winning.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, so, yeah. Like,
0: it doesn't <laughs> have to be an interesting game. We'll blow them out ten to one, and it's still the easiest thing in the world to market. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the close games. I honestly, Saturday's, uh, Muskegon Lancers game, like, like a zero zero game. It was yeah, zero zero. <laughs> I'm like, it was exciting for, you know for one goal, 16 seconds into overtime. Yeah. So So, I know predictions. Predictions Are are you predicting, are you going, should we move on to predictions or did you have more?
1: No. Okay. So predictions.
0: Are you going to, you want to take the first one? You want me to take the first one? I'll
1: take the first one. Okay. I'm predicting we sweep against Anchorage. (laughs) You're the enemy of optimism. I I (laughs) am. I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know. Again, we're still trying to get the a big enough sample size. We've seen a lot this season. I mean, I'm still hopeful from, you know, back in November, I think, right. but but it'll be interesting to see. I it wouldn't it, surprise me based on if you look at like we were saying. Right. If you look at Anchorages, the games that they played over the last month, month and a half, they played some really good teams and they right. played them on the road.
0: Yeah. So, you still have the question for Alaska of you know what team shows up and and how are they going to play? It's been a long road haul for them. Are they ready for this, or is this kind of just the right the last game before we can get some some home time? Uh, I think I will I will say a split okay. Only because I think the mo for them has seemed to be that they struggle that first game coming in. And I think UNO will be able to kind of capitalize on it. right? And then it becomes the, the coin flip of the second game. Like, do we get a little bit cocky and arrogant and not committed to the system and, sure. and playing the way we need to play? Thinking, I think that's what happened with Coward College is uh, we went 10 to 1. We got these guys, no problem. And it's like, oh, we just lost.
1: Yeah. How'd and, uh, that
0: happen? Well, it happened because you thought you were going to win.
1: And you didn't. You got away from playing this right. discipline game that you've been playing, and, and you didn't have any puck luck in front of the net, and so yeah. they kept it close, and they took advantage of the opportunities, they and UNO and... didn't take advantage.
0: Yep. So, so that worries me a little bit on the second game is, right. is that you know we almost almost we do it to ourselves because I think that if if I look at the teams, if I look at the talent that's on the teams and, and the system that they run, you know, if, if I try to play this game, you know, by the numbers, I think that. UNO sweeps, but right. I just don't think that the numbers tell the story all the time. You know, there's there's some commitment to this, that there's some personality and stuff that the guys have to have, and that's what concerns me for the second game.
1: Right. So It does, because they've been wildly inconsistent this season. Right. Even against teams that they, you know, they come off that Arizona State sweep, and you think we've got Colorado College in the next week, and it's a team that we should at home mm-hmm. presumably be able to sweep after having swept the number 16 team in the country and we struggled against Colorado College quite right. honestly and and we were lucky to get the uh the tie with the shootout win in that right. series so you could be very right about this series it could end up being a split against Alaska Anchorage and yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all i'm just right. i'm just going in i'd like oh well, i think
0: uh, we both would like the sweep yeah i would i would much I would much prefer two ten one wins or you know well and it's it's funky. ten one and six zero. I would take any of those outcomes. It's but funky
1: too because it's not it, it's a it's a Saturday Monday.
0: It is. I was going to say we do have to mention series. that before the podcast ends, so now seems to be a good time. But yes, and so it's a seven o'clock start on Saturday. Right. That's game one.
1: That's game one, and then game and then two is noon on New Year's Eve. Noon on New December Year's 31st. Eve, December thirty first. That'll be weird. That noon game is going to be, I guess I've gone to watch UNO basketball games at Baxter Arena, but.
0: I always, it it's always weird to me in the summertime when I go to a hockey game, like my own games. Yeah. And I'm like hauling my stuff in and it's sunny out and like 60 and I'm done and I'm walking out. And it's still sunny, sunny and, and 60. sixty. Yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't. Like, I'm okay going in when it's bright and going out when it's dark. I'm used to that. I'm going. I'm used to it going in dark and out dark. Right. Because when you play men's hockey, you play really weird hours. But yeah, the whole like in and light and out and light still kind of throws me off every summer.
1: Yeah. Has all had an afternoon game in recent years?
0: I can't remember. It's, it's been a long time. I, I remember were... a couple of two o'clock games. Yeah, there were a couple of two o'clock okay. games in the past, but. I...
1: The very first season, I remember and O had Wisconsin in for one game. It was kind of cool because Wisconsin wore their special occasion mm-hmm. Bucky jerseys. And we wore actually our red road uniforms at home for the first time, which was cool, because we hadn't gotten to see those. Uh, but it was weird having that after. I mean, it was just, it was an afternoon game. It might have been a yeah. Sunday afternoon game. I can't remember, but it was mm-hmm. weird. And it was like right around this time of year, if I recall correctly, that we had that. It was it was kind of fun on the one hand, but it was just a strange you know what? I think it might have been it could have been Super Bowl Sunday actually that we played. Oh. I can't Ooh. remember. Yeah, that's a it was weird. I'll have to one. that sounds like something I should do a blog post on. But there were a bunch of people wearing cheese heads there, so take that for what it's that might have been that might have been the Super Bowl where the uh where Packers? the Packers played the Broncos. Oh. If that was the ninety seven, really? ninety eight season.
0: Um, because
1: yeah, the Broncos won in the Super so Bowl in '98 and '99.
0: Was it '98 and '99? Yeah, because yeah. it was '96 that the Avs won, so it would have been. And they won those two yeah.
1: back-to-back ones they beat, which I now we're getting into a you know National Football League discussion here, but Did not, But man. yeah, no, you and I would remember that, but yeah, it was it was a very very interesting time, but yeah, I, a split could very well happen.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. You know, it's it's in their hands at this point in time. We're just fans. We're gonna go enjoy ourselves, but uh,
1: hopefully the holiday break and getting to see their yeah. family and open some presents, get Good get form.
0: some uh, get a break in there, get some rest in there, and yeah. And if
1: any of them went to IKEA and got the Winter <laughs> Saga Swedish festive drink, uh, it'll either clear up their sinuses or put them in a you know holiday mood. So. <laughs>
0: All right, John, I think that's all we've got then for this I think it's time episode, to wrap right? it up. and uh, So we'll be back. We'll be back actually a day. I assume we'll be back a day later this week since, uh, since like we talked about it. The it's, game it's will be, a be on Sunday a Monday.
1: Monday so. Yep, we'll be back a day later this week. And uh, I guess I would say we wish everybody a Merry Christmas.
0: Yes, and a happy holidays to all of our listeners. And as I
1: said before, if you uh, we encourage you to follow us on social media. You can find links to all of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, on mathpuck.com And you can find back episodes of this podcast. On SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. And our
0: new YouTube channel. Slash and
1: That's right. We finally got our custom domain. Thanks to yes. the 102 people who have Woo-hoo! subscribed. And all of those are embedded at mathpuck.com So you can go there, click, and listen to them all. One bang, bang, shop, bang. Yeah. Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah, greatest... Greatest gift for us, I guess. More listeners, right? That's right. I'd love to see that. Yep. So if you have any questions, if anyone wants anything, uh, wants to join the discussion or something, they can uh, reach out to us on any of those, right?
1: Yep. Any of those channels. Awesome. Okay.
0: Well, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone.
1: Go Mavs.
0: Go Mavs.